0: Thorny, as we venture into the Rr two truths are consistent. We love our dear Montana state, and we love great beer. And you know who else feels the same? Jeremiah Johnson Brewing, brewed in the heart of Montana in downtown Great Falls. Jeremiah Johnson takes Montana's finest ingredients to craft some of Montana's favorite beers. And now, Jeremiah Johnson's second tap room is open in downtown Coraline. Their citrus IPA is probably one of my favorites, but we all know Thorny, you're not the hop lover I am. You're more of a Mountain Man Scotch Ale. Well, Foley, I'm certainly not a Mountain Man, but you are right. I
1: do love their Mountain Man Scotch Ale. But come game day, you and I are both cracking their Golden Bobcat Pale Ale. So when you're looking for a quality craft beer brewed with Montana roots, a relaxing tap room, or just a six-pack to take to your favorite Bobcat tailgate, Jeremiah Johnson delivers. Make your next beer a Jeremiah Johnson. And as always, go Cats.
0: Welcome everybody to the RNR Catcast, a fan-based podcast focusing on Montana State athletes. We're two dudes named Ryan from the state of Washington talking about our dear Montana State. We hope you enjoy. All right, welcome back, Bobcat fans! Thanks for joining us on another episode of the RNR Catcast. I'm one of your hosts. Ryan Foley across the state from me is my good buddy, Ryan Thornburg. We are the Ryans of the R&R CatCast, the Montana State affiliate of the Big Sky Podcast Network. We have an awesome sponsor in Jeremiah Johnson Brewing, brewing great beers in downtown Great Falls. with the second tap room over in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Thorny, I was waiting for you to just do like a little woohoo in there when I put your name in there. I was gonna see if you're gonna try to mess me up tonight, but uh I
1: didn't try last time when I
0: did, and I, now I'm
1: cognitive <laughs> of it, I'm aware of it. So uh, uh yeah, I'll let you just roll right through that before before being prompted before speaking. Over
0: there. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Well, it is the first week of May. And the NFL draft was last weekend, and Ryan and I thought we'd come on, share our thoughts on the guys that got drafted in the um in the 2022 draft, it's a good day for the Montana State Bobcats, that's for sure. Absolutely. And, um, so that's basically it. This could be a short one. And so we'll, we'll get right into that. But first, we're going to talk about what's in our golden coolies. Man, you sound
1: fantastic, by the way. I assume oh, man. you haven't shown me anything on screen. I'm
0: assuming you probably just have hot tea over there. <laughs> I will tell you a little I don't want to tell you a lot about my sickness because that would be just gross, but I got a bad cold on Thursday. And this was the week heading up into Bloomsday, which is a big road race here in Spokane. And the thought I had on like um, Tuesday I was like, just don't get sick because I've run Bloomsday with a cold before and it's just been terrible. And of course, on Thursday night, I feel it coming. My sons both had it. And then Saturday I go out and I run a personal record on Bloomsday. <laughs> it's been kicking my butt this whole week. So congratulations. I'm I just sound really junky, man. So it's just <laughs> it is bad. Well, hopefully we won't do too much talking this episode, but uh
1: like you said, we always say that. Mm-hmm. We always say that. Yeah. And you look down and fifty minutes has gone by. Easy. Yeah. I also sound a little probably deeper and Gunkier than normal too, because I'm also coming off a cold, which is why we didn't record on Monday. That's why we're doing this on Wednesday instead, because we both just <laughs> sounded like frogs on Monday. Gosh.
0: We're both gonna be like hawking loogies and snorting and sniffing and yeah, it's gonna be great. Can't wait to edit Looking this one. To
1: Lots of <laughs> clipping out sniffles and stuff. Gonna be fun. All right, well, all right.
0: What do you have right. over there then? if it's not hot tea. No, I, I don't have hot tea. It is, I have the Nolai Porch Glow Amber. I think I talked about this one last week, like I was hoping to have it. And I made a specific trip to the to the grocery store today to get it. It's it's really delicious. I really like it. I, I'm on a big malty amber kind of kick right now. So off the IPAs for a little bit. Look at
1: that stuff. I like the, the Nolai logo script up the side there it reminds me of like a cola
0: like an old time cola right? can but it's probably a nice thing too i think nolai has seen their beers and and coolies before because they they marketed it with their um their logo right on top like the the coolie doesn't cover uh, it nice. i think that's pretty cool look at that. yeah
1: smart look at that mm-hmm. flip the right script on. i have uh, the the shoots Limited release Neon Daydream Hazy Ale. And that is in bottles. 35 IBUs. You know what? It's pretty good. It's pretty uh, citrusy, pretty juicy. I like it. It's a good one.
0: Yeah, I kind of take it. I'm not a big fan of the juicy anymore. They they, they make my tummy feel a little bit off the next day. (laughs) My head feels a little bit fuzzy the next morning. No matter what, you know, like they—they they don't even have to be like big beers. They just make me feel a little bit weird.
1: Well, that's not so. good.
0: No, it's not. So I kind of avoid those guys.
1: Gosh, my voice is gunky. <laughs> well, let's press
0: on. <laughs> let's just keep going. bunch of sickos over here. Yeah. Talking about the bobcats. <laughs> and not in the way that the kids All are right. saying sickos. We're literally sick. <laughs> all right well thorny the draft started on thursday night round one i was anticipating a lot of defensive players to go and that definitely was the case i mean it was a defensive tackle kind of uh draft i don't know did you pay much attention to like a pre-draft build-up no i sure did not Oh, man. So I listened to the Locked On Bengals like daily. And for the last two months, every episode has been nothing about the draft. And so I, when I go on my runs in the mornings, I listen to to those guys talk about the Bengals, the Cincinnati Bengals, that is. And so I had quite a bit like, of um, information going into the draft, but it was all like focused through the lens of the Bengals and what their needs were. <clears throat> and then things I could pick up on, on the draft just right away was, there was just a lack of quarterbacks being taken this year. You know, it was right. kind of a quarterback thin, but like a defensive tackle, heavy, like a edge rusher, heavy draft. And that made me think a little bit of Daniel Hardy and then Troy Anderson, of course, because we had been talking about, you know, defensive needs. But, yeah, uh, you know, Thursday night came and went and Friday came and I thought I was going to see Troy get drafted when I was working, but turns out they, they didn't start the second the second round until I got home from work, probably like at six o'clock. They want those ratings. Yeah. I was a little bit surprised
1: by that. Do you want to tell me what you texted me like on Thursday or
0: Wednesday? Do you remember? Yeah. I thought he was going to drop to the third only because I was reading up on a little bit and I was just saw a lot of like names ahead of him and just, you know, people being like projecting that Choi uh, would like, maybe go down to like 73rd or something like that. Or 74th yeah. is what I was seeing in one article. And so I was like, I don't know, maybe I was like, prob- I probably was just like knee jerking in a little bit right there. You know, if you probably averaged the highest
1: picks for Troy and kind of the lower end stuff, he'd probably where he ended up getting drafted is probably right in the middle. Cause I saw him like as high as like low forties, I think. And then yeah, up to yeah. like the mid seventies. So yeah. A little bit towards the higher end side of things, but yeah, kind of, kind of in the middle for sure.
0: Well, I was hoping he was going to go fifty-seven to the Bills. Yeah, because I like the Bills more, more so than I like the Falcons. But you know, Falcons took him at fifty-eight, and that—I mean, that was that was a huge moment. Like we were both just—I mean, so proud, so happy for the guy, right?
1: Yeah, because you're just sitting there watching the draft, just waiting for them to say Troy Anderson you don't even care where like if it's your team great there was a there was a player a few picks before Troy who started with like a t- t- I don't remember who it was. it was maybe a Travis or something I don't know if it, mm-hmm. I saw it in the Bobcat Nation two people like they heard it and they got fooled for a second because I thought like Tra- Travis <laughs> people thought he was gonna say Troy you're just like ah come on but yeah number 58 to the Falcons like I have I don't know anything about the Falcons uh Outside of, didn't they finally get rid of Matt Ryan? Is Matt Ryan still the quarterback down there?
0: No, um, they're looking at Marcus Mariota, and then they <laughs> drafted that guy from uh, from Cincinnati. Ritter. Oh, okay, so he was one of the quarterbacks. Quarterbacks taken from them. So, so they're probably in a bit. The no only reason a, why I B-built. know that is I've been listening to their Locked On uh, episodes because I've been wanting to see kind of their perspective of Troy Anderson, because honestly, like our perspective of Troy Anderson is glowing. Montana's, Montana as a state's perspective of Troy Anderson is through the roof. Yep. So we're like, oh yeah, you're getting a great player. You're getting like this, like this legend, maybe the greatest Bobcat of all time. And so I was like, well, what do they think? You know? And so I started listening to a couple episodes from, their perspective. And it's not quite the same as we are thinking over here in Montana. One thing I did not know is Michael Petrie, our former running backs coach. And from 2014, to 2017, he's on staff with the Falcons. Did you know that? I did not, uh, before the draft. Hmm. So, I mean, you could, you know, could connect some dots right there that, uh, um, Petrie was lobbying for him. Um, anyways, uh, the host, uh, Aaron Freeman, I think his name was talking about, he's like, I don't know, maybe Troy Anderson could be a project player, a, uh, a guy that they're going to use sparingly. Maybe. And he talked, maybe, well, maybe it was Petrie did that, uh, lobbied for him. There was a connection there. I don't know. He doesn't, it's clear that he doesn't know a lot about Troy Anderson. I mean, why would you if you live in Atlanta, Georgia? But um, not quite the glowing review that Montana State fans would give.
1: I mean, that's not surprising to me. I don't. I don't think anybody's critical takes of Troy Anderson are unwarranted. He's very raw still. And when you when you start when you start analyzing Troy's game from, an, from a from an NFL lens perspective, like he's got a long ways to go. I, th- I think most people yeah. thought he was a p- project, but he has such a high upside. Depending on the needs of your team, maybe it could squeeze into starting pretty soon. Uh, but he's going to be a dominant special teams player day one, and he's going to make the Atlanta Falcons very happy in the very end. But I'm not. I'm not surprised to see those kinds of takes. And especially, I mean, this was all over social media from Falcons fans. They were pretty unhappy that the Falcons passed over – Their hometown, home state guy, uh, was it Nicobe Dean? Is that how you say his name? Uh, The the Butkus Award winning, national championship winning linebacker. (laughs) Uh, They're pretty unhappy that he got passed over for some guy from Montana State. Now, let's think about this, though. Let's think about what would happen. Let's say there was a professional NFL team in Gray Falls. And this is the situation mm. where Troy Anderson was there in the th- the second round, and you as the Great Falls—I don't know dams because there's great. We're the Great Falls dams. That's the NFL professional. <laughs> great Falls, they pass on Troy Anderson when they could have drafted him. They and they draft some kid, and and let's keep the comparison real true. They draft like a Division two kid from like Mississippi. Instead of yeah. Troy Anderson, because it's got to be a lower level on top of that. They say pass over the hometown superstar. I mean, that's kind of what Falcons fans are feeling right now. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I I get that side of things. Uh, I think if they just took a step back and looked at it from uh, taking that thing out of that uh, aspect out of the equation, I think they'd be pretty happy with the pick overall. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's hard to get past the fact that they had a guy who was all performing at home grown local talent like just down the road and they passed on him. I could see why you might be a little uh, bitter
0: because of that. Look at you bringing perspective to us, man. Good job, buddy. Try to. Try to. Also,
1: trademarking Great Falls Dams. That's <laughs> <laughs> a terrible name.
0: <laughs> I like it, though. It's so true, though. Um,
1: Interesting thing I mean, real quick about Nicobe Dean, though. I just want to say he fell a long ways. Like the Falcons weren't the he only p- team that passed on him. He was initially probably going to be a first round pick. Like that, he was the number one linebacker on the board at one point, but I don't know what it was. I know that they reported he had an injury that he passed on, passed on having surgery on, which he came out. I read an article to say that that wasn't true. He never, no one ever advised him to get surgery. He never passed on any surgery, but whatever it was, he fell all the way down to 83rd. I mean, Troy Anderson was picked at number 58, and Kobe Dean fit all the way to 83rd to the Eagles. So there was some hesitation on him for some reason. So, you know, fucking fans can be mad all they want, but there's plenty of other teams that felt something was off with Dean, and they passed on him for a long time down. For a guy who was going to be a day one pick all the way to 83rd, like something happened.
0: There's a couple guys like that that you weren't privy on some of the medical records that the teams are we're we're getting right and uh you know they're just like yeah we're not gonna touch that that guy's shoulder that guy's knee that guy's achilles tendon something like that hey uh a couple things on troy before we move on two things uh were you able to watch his uh his pick when he saw it on on television did you do did you oh, do any random interview like, stuff where yeah what he's just like wow that's that's crazy is that like all he said something like that No, uh, it showed him in his uh, what I assume to be his like his uh, family's living room in Dylan. Did you watch that one? Yeah, that's
1: what he said, right?
0: Okay, something similar to that. Uh, Well, um, I'm not sure if I'm catching them, but my perspective on it was maybe was how like low key everybody was. Like uh, Troy just kind of like raised his hand and and put his hands on his head, like, oh my gosh, that's super cool. And then the camera kind of panned to what I assumed is his parents. I'm not sure what his parents look like. And they were just like smiling. They weren't um, like overtaken with emotion. Nobody in the room was overtaken with emotion. Um, it was yeah. very Troy-esque. It was just very like uh, everybody was just like grinning from ear to ear, but nobody was like hooping and hollering no. or like crying or like hugging. I don't, for any, for I the, don't like, even think there was any my applause boy. or anything.
1: Yeah, it was just. It was very. It was very. It was really almost a little
0: weird until you really
1: like think about it from like, yeah, well, of course, it's like small town, rural Montana farm, farm family. Like Troy Anderson, I don't even think Troy Anderson believes he's been drafted yet. Has that even sunk in to him yet? I don't know. That's what. I, that's my first takeaway. Is he, like Troy Anderson. I'm looking at that. He doesn't even fully grasp what's just happened to him. <laughs> Which is awesome. Which just just, makes it so cool. He's such a high character guy. Like that alone is worth a higher draft pick in the NFL. Like, let's be real. This is a league that has a lot of off the field issues with a lot of players. And you got like a saint in Troy Anderson. Like, that's not ever going to be a question for him. That's worth worth something in the NFL for sure.
0: Yeah. You know, and just because his dad wasn't there you know standing up or something giving him a hug doesn't mean we didn't see that later for sure and just probably his i mean how proud would you be of your son to see that i mean that's just i can't fathom right and being a dad that would like that would just blow me away wow so super pumped for troy and my second question to you on troy is um Two part question, Ryan. Is he the greatest bobcat of all time? And do we retire number 15?
1: It's so I'm hard for me there. to answer this question because I wasn't around when all those other legendary bobcats played. He's definitely the greatest bobcat of my lifetime. Like, I love Travis Lule, I love Darius McGee, but Trey Anderson, man, is the penultimate bobcat in every possible way you can imagine. I really wish he would have won a national championship because that would have cemented it easily. But you got guys like, like Sonny Holland and uh, Don Hass and all those older guys, too, that have their numbers retired. I, what did I put the poll out there? I'm going to keep – I'm going to pull that up uh, while you give your take on that real quick so I can get the, the Twitter poll on that. But what do you think about that? Is he the best Bobcat of all time and should Montana State retire his number?
0: Well, you know, I would echo your sentiments on – like. We don't know. I never got to see Sonny Holland play or Don Haas or Iron Tumbleweed, but he is certainly the best Bobcat I've ever seen play. Man, I mean, I really love Travis Lule and I really love Daenerys McGee and guys like Jody Owens, but Troy Anderson is just something different. He has, he did so much in so many different ways. <laughs> Gosh, I mean, we could wax on about Troy being. Different um, positions and uh, the way Choate used him in such weird ways. But, um, yeah, I think he probably is the greatest Bobcat of all time. Uh, From sheer athletic uh, prowess to his legendary status. If you get a chance to, I'm going to plug Coulter Honest. Coulter's article, his opus, as he calls it, to Troy Anderson, was one of the best things I've ever read from from Coulter and it really painted the legend that is Troy Anderson and kind of brought to light like why we consider him a legend and juxtapose him next to Paul Bunyan and Jeff Choke called him the Paul Bunyan, of Montana state. And so there's this narrative, this theme that flows through this opus and it was really well-crafted. I thought Coulter did a great job of doing it. And when you, when you finish reading it, the sense I got was just something like, wow, I was just like, I was um, lucky to have read it, lucky to have watched this young man play for Montana State, and kind of sad at the same time that that, that era is over. And then another thought came to my mind is, is this the best it's ever going to get for Troy Anderson? Is his fame, is his legendary status as a Montana State Bobcat? at its peak right now.
1: I mean, in some ways I could see yes, because obviously he's going to, he's not going to have that wild level of success in the NFL, at least initially he's going to have moments where the fans are on him. I mean, it's, he's not going to have that status anymore where he's pretty much untouchable and can do no wrong, but yeah, he's getting, he's going to end up being a household name. I'm pretty sure of that he's going to be making millions of dollars. So I think
0: he'll be, you know, I think he'll be Okay. Somebody said he could be like the Cooper cup of the defensive side of football.
1: I'm hoping so. I mean, that's, that is a tall, tall thing, thing right there. But uh, I think that certainly is in the cards for him. But the thing with Troy is like, you know, eventually he's just gonna, this is all just like, like gravy for him. Cause at the end of yeah. the day, he just wants to go back home and work on the the family ranch. So like, yeah. I, I no matter what happens with Troy, like his life, you know he's gonna be okay, he's gonna be happy, and he's just gonna enjoy the ride while it's there. He's the kind of guy that's just gonna soak it all in. if it doesn't work out,
0: ah, shucks, he's gonna go back and herd <laughs> some cattle. oh, uh, you know what uh, I never got to answer this, but yes, I think we absolutely have to retire number fifteen that means that number needs to go up
1: eighty five point five percent of the hundred and thirty one people who voted in the poll I put out on Twitter say yes. He should be retired. And I'm going to have to go in that camp. Like, I don't, I mean, we talked about Lule should he be retired? I remember yeah, Daenerys I McGee. Thought, I was, I'm still mad that 14 is not up there. I mean, it takes a lot to get retired. Like, it's a whole different thing. We don't have like, any Lule, sort of like uh, the circle of champions where they have jerseys up there. They're not retired type thing. <sighs> Do we have four numbers retired? Is that what it is? Um, yeah, it's not much. I mean, how many, number one, how many numbers can you retire before you run into problems? No, <laughs> like fielding Yankees, teams, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's when you have to have like four guys wearing number nine, one on special teams, one on defense and like one on offense and then the, the kicker, they just can't all be at the same time. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think you have to retor- retire his number just from. The fact that he's a homegrown Montana kid, the success he had, the do everything for the team attitude, the obviously putting MSU first. He could, I'm sure, he had offers to go somewhere else. I'm sure people talked to him. He stuck at MSU, made all of the national championship game in his senior year, and he got drafted in the in the second round. I mean, like, what else do you have to do to get your number
0: retired? <laughs> exactly that's that's the conversation i want to see is like there's a meeting amongst the hierarchies of msu ath- athletics and can you imagine them sitting around the table going well yeah we're gonna go no he on didn't this. win we a national championship troy Anderson did a, enough to earn this uh we just you know i don't know troy troy was awesome but was he that awesome <laughs> like come on <laughs> like if we're not doing 15 like then what are we doing? What, what what kind of conversations are we having?
1: I think the real answer is I don't think anybody would be upset if you n- retired his number. No, I mean, no. There might be people, some people that he say like he's not man. fully deserving of it. But even those people, I think would be like they're not going to be upset oh. that it happened. No,
0: he's uh, he's so much more besides just a player. He he was the clear leader that galvanized the team. On one thing he said in that uh, that came out. And one thing Lou's kid said too, and I thought this class specifically did it, but Troy said it first. I don't want to say it right now, is he says, um, believe it better than you found it. That was a mantra that Jeff Cho would talk about. And he's like, you know, that always stuck with me. And he did. And I'm, um, you know, hats off to him on that. Absolutely.
1: Well, if if they're not going to retire hey. his number, they should put this that statue up that the players were petitioning there. Remember, like the players like build a statue
0: of Troy. That's very, at the very least, got to get through man now. statue. <laughs> hey, uh quick thought. Troy in uh, Atlanta. What are you thinking? I
1: was doing a little bit of research on this. Uh, I think they're pretty good at linebacker. They got a linebacker, Deion Jones, that. Wasn't all pro, but had a really bad year last year. I think they're going to be looking to move him. He's their inside middle linebacker. So I think, I think honestly, Troy is probably could be pegged as the heir apparent whenever they do decide to move Deion Jones. Um,
0: no.
1: that's kind of what I'm hearing. I guess you listened to all no, the no, lockdown no, stuff, no. you probably know more than I do.
0: No, 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 no. Pump the brakes on the old football analysis. Just Troy in the city of Atlanta. Oh, what are you thinking?
1: I thought mean like how's it like gonna I don't fit care in about the, the football? Yeah, okay.
0: No, honestly, I mean, I have no idea,
1: no clue. <laughs> I don't really know that much about Atlanta. Man, I've never been there. Yeah, it's kind of got like a rural Me side of it, right? I think like outside of the city limits, I think it's you know I don't I think it's more urban areas than Atlanta, but I could be completely wrong on that. I, am, I have no, I've never been to Atlanta. It seems yeah. like a you know, it's a southern cowboy ish area, so it might be all right. He should, if he should got to play like Nashville or something, or Tennessee Titans, <laughs> that'd, that'd be, be good. <laughs> well, country.
0: Now I'm going to have to buy a Troy Anderson jersey, a Falcons jersey. I'm not looking forward to that, but I Number going 44 to...
1: is what I'm hearing, what I saw on that there, Twitter, which is kind of funny. That's Daniel yeah, so- Hardy's number
0: mini camps will be reporting uh, rookie mini camps will be reporting later on this month is what I'm hearing. So we will get some Troy Anderson news. Now I kind of have to semi be a Falcons follower. You kind of have to hit a little fall button on a couple of those guys just to keep like abreast on Troy news. Right. Yep. I'll be
1: watching anytime I see a Falcons game able to be watched where I'm at. Uh, You know, I'll be tuning in there seeing if I see any Troy. It's just where it's going to be
0: right on. I can't wait to see him like pick someone off and just like put a knee to their head and like knock them cold as he gallops to the end zone. I want to see one Troy touchdown, one
1: touchdown Troy for the Falcons. Yeah. Maybe Michael Petrie puts him in at uh, running back on goal line packages. (laughs) (laughs) QB power. Interesting man. Yeah. Woo. Let's go Troy. Let's go Troy. All right. Well, there it is. 20 straight minutes on Troy. So we're off to a, a good start on our short episode 30%. thing, and that's sarcasm. <laughs> I don't think we'll talk about anybody near as much. Next guy on the list, though, which I'm pretty excited about, Daniel Hardy signed with my Rams, your Super Bowl champion Rams. Sorry, Foley, had to say that there. Pull it in there, number two fifty three, I, I believe, like in the seventh round to the Rams. I'm pretty, pretty excited about that. I was actually not expecting Daniel Hardy to get drafted. I thought he'd be a real quick free agent signing afterwards. And I think apparently so did the front office for the Rams. Cause I think that they, that was basically the decision they made was, Hey, if we don't draft this guy, he's going to get snatched up real fast. He's not going to sign. So let's go ahead and draft him. And yeah, drafted in the seventh round, two fifty-three by the Rams. I'm super stoked by that. 235, 235. Sorry. Got my, my numbers mixed yeah. around, but yeah. That that is super exciting, man. What do you think of that pick?
0: Oh, super excited for Tro- or Troy uh, Dan- Daniel. <laughs> I love Daniel Hardy, man. And then you know, if Jeff Choate was not, or if Jeff Choate stayed, Daniel Hardy doesn't get this. I don't think the the for me, this all came to fruition for Daniel Hardy when we decided, Coach Vegan and. Freddie Banks and staff decided to put him as a true defensive end, put his put his hand in the dirt, allow him to use his leverage, his bend to get to the quarterback because he has such explosive speed, such great bend, he can get underneath those tackles who have long, long arms who are reaching for him. It just showcased his talents, essentially, what is what I thought. This last year just allowed him to showcase his true talent as a football player. I'm
1: actually, that's a good point about Vigan moving him to that position. Another thing I want to say that may have helped him also was uh, Brent Vigan's philosophy on putting starting players on special teams because Daniel Hardy wreaked havoc on special teams (laughs) this year. Like there's there's highlights reels of him. Just we we said this on the podcast throughout the season. Like Daniel Hardy was good for one, Bone crunching hit on special teams, like per game, he would just crush somebody, and I think hmm. that is going to be his. You know, he's a day one, uh, special teams player for the Rams. I think, I think he's going to make it on the special teams with his speed and his aggressiveness. I think he's going to be like that's alone going to get him a roster spot and allow the rest of his game to develop, and potentially like you know he could be an edge rusher for the Rams. They lost. You know, like Von Miller in the offseason, there's there's going to be some opportunities, I think, there. So I think, you know, maybe not this year, but I think Hardy has a good chance of making the team and staying on the team for a couple of years. Where'd Von Miller go? Bills? Yeah, that does sound right. That does sound right. It's pretty mm-hmm. funny for as much of a football guy as I am, like NFL, my, even my favorite team, I don't really follow all that much. Yeah. Like not nearly as was, much as you would a expect. Phoenix Suns
0: got kind of guy.
1: It's all I only have to like memorize like eight players for the Suns. It works out much yep. better. <laughs> it's a lot mm. easier. You're watching the game, it's pretty easy to see who's there and what they're doing on the court versus a football player. <laughs> but mm. uh yeah. I'm stoked that Hardy's a Ram. I was hoping that we'd get a Bobcat and if it's not Troy, Hardy'd be my number two pick to be a Ram.
0: Yeah. Well, lucky man it's uh <laughs> that that maybe should be the the jersey you get
1: yeah um, i think he'll probably i, really I was like, looking at this he, there's no number 44 on the rams roster there's there's so there's a good chance that hardy may end up being number 44 as well again so it could be troy 44 hardy 44
0: i thought the los angeles rams did a really good job promoting the whole social media and uh, interview process when he got picked up. That was cool. And like tweeting that out. Yeah. They showed like the, the interview with him and his family and his crew. And of course, Daniel Hardy, we know like his skills behind the microphone. That guy's just a, a pleasure to watch. And and then with uh, Alex Eshelman from SWX Montana, that was just a really cool moment for Daniel. And then he just shown, you know, just his uh, his true, uh, Daniel just gives a, a vibe out, like, he is, like, the most happy and genuine guy you'll meet. And he's, uh, he's, he's just, he, he doesn't fake it. It's just who he is. And it's really cool to watch. And he's doing it all for, like, you know, his late father and,
1: and, and yeah. you know, providing for the rest of his family. Like, he's got such a cool story, too. Like, him and Troy are both different stories, but similar, like, high-character guys. So, that that's really cool to see. Yeah. All right. Is that all you want to say about Daniel Hardy here?
0: No, I I, I hope he makes the team. Uh, you know, round seven, sometimes it's not too different than an undrafted free agent. Uh, so, yeah, I hope he makes the squad. And that'd be cool. Because I think then we could start looking at matchups when the Falcons play the Rams and the Rams play the Falcons. And we're going to talk about the Saints here in a little bit. So there's going to be some crossover between Bobcats.
1: oh well, you want to keep the Ram party train going here? Let's do it, man. Lance McCutcheon, Lance McCutcheon. He also McKetchum. signed, uh, it was tweeted out today that he was signed, uh, by the Rams. The Rams announced their signings of the undrafted free agents. And he was on that list. So I wasn't sure if he was a camp invite or actually was going to sign a contract. It sounds like he's going to be signing a contract, which is, Really exciting for me. Also, you know, as a Rams fan, to have two Bobcats on there, two of my favorite Bobcats on the team, in a position that the Rams were not particularly deep in. I think there could be some opportunity for him, um, depending what happens with Odell Beckham Jr. I mean, if you watch the playoffs, and you saw Ben Skoranek come in as the third wide receiver there because they were down that far in the depth chart, and he just doinked stuff off his hands all day long. There's some opportunity in that in that receiving room for the Rams. I mean, they had some injuries last year, and, you know, I don't know. I am ex- I think he's got a decent chance of making the squad. It's kind of funny. There is a uh, former Big Sky player in the wide receiver room on the practice squad for the Rams, J.J. Koski. If you remember him, he was that big, like, six 6'8". Yeah. Six, guy from Cal Poly. He's on the roster, but six one. Jeez, who am I thinking of that was 6'8"? Oh, that's Ramses Barden. Man, I am really dating myself. Good grief. Probably no one even knows what I'm talking about. Anyway, I'm excited for him, man. I am ex- I think he has a, a decent shot at making the team, at least maybe making the um, practice squad. I was, I was pleasantly surprised to see him sign a contract because I think if we go back to the episode where we're projecting stuff, I didn't think he was going to get a shot.
0: No. I, I thought his speed would be limiting, and um, it might still be. But, I thought uh, his hands would be the most him. limiting part for Lance McK- McK- McCutcheon.
1: <laughs> from, like I said, you start analyzing things from an NFL perspective, like that's where you really put like a magnifying glass on it, and that's where I thought one of his weakest parts of his game was was his hands. So, but you know, I'm
0: excited to see him get a shot. All right, yeah, Thorny, I think uh, Lance in I mean, he definitely has a shot of making the team, but those un- unsigned, uh, undrafted free agents—you never know. Like, I mean, we're we're totally hoping and pulling for him, but uh, I don't know, man. It's is. It, I think of all the hard knocks episodes I've watched in the past, you know, ten years, and you're just like, oh, you know, like you root for guys, and then they get dropped, and so. I don't know. So we'll see what happens with Lance. That'd be really cool though. To see him lined up opposite of Cooper cup on the same field. That'd be c- quite the story. That'd be like, pretty amazing. Two big sky guys. Two big <laughs> sky guys conference wide receivers from yeah, two different really cool. teams. Yeah. You know, another guy that benefited from Jeff Chote leaving Lance McCutcheon, he actually got the ball thrown to him. <laughs> Fair enough. I think he would have filled
1: the Kevin Cassis type role. Anyway, whatever balls were thrown, no matter who was quarterback, Under no matter system, they're going to be throwing it to Lance McCutcheon.
0: (laughs) He was going to get 80% of the targets (laughs) regardless. God, man. We used to rail on the podcast about, like, just throw it to Lance. Like, he's, like, we have this dude. Why are we not using him? Anyways, he got his shine. Good job, Lance. I think Lance... And it's really cool. Like, honestly... You, can you imagine, like Lance and Daniel, just like rooming up together in L.A., just like so giddy about this? Like, oh my gosh, we're here, let's do this! Yeah, <laughs> I'm so stoked for them. That's so cool. And what what a comfort to have both of those guys like hand in hand, you know, yeah. on the same team, going through the same thing. That's really cool. Pretty awesome. Pretty good awesome. for them. You know, if we're gonna talk in that thread, I'm gonna talk before we talk a Lewis Kidd. I'm gonna talk about Trey Webb. Trey Webb got undrafted free agent yeah. with the Falcons. And you know Troy there as well. Trey Webb is some guy that I think we probably underappreciated all season last year. He had a ph- phenomenal pro day. I w- wish I would have dug into him a little bit more because it sounded like in uh, San Jose State he was just just the dude. But man, he was such a steady presence in the backfield, um, a mature guy, and uh, I th- I just thought him and Jeffrey Manning wor- worked really well together and. Uh, I wish we could have had him for a couple more years. What what a good what a good guy!
1: Man, Trey Webb was an awesome player. He was very physical at the point of the attack. He was really good in like yeah. run support. He was not afraid to get his you know helmet in there. He was a big physical kid too, as as pro day mm-hmm. numbers would tell you. He was a solid player. Like it's it's crazy. Like a guy like him would be a superstar on many of the other previous Bobcat defenses, and that's not saying that he wasn't. Mm-hmm. But you got guys like Troy Anderson and Ty Okada and Chase Benson and Daniel Hardy all on the team kind of overshadowing you. That's just how it kind of went. And that's actually uh, what happened to kind of Daniel Hardy. And You know, he got Mm -hmm. kind of overshadowed. Like that season he had was ridiculous. What, 24 some odd tackles for loss, 16 and a half sacks? That's like an all-time great season, but it was like totally overshadowed by Troy, Troy Anderson. So at the same time, Troy Anderson like brought that spotlight with him to the program and, you know, Trey Webb and Daniel Hardy probably benefited from that. Like guys watching the film on Troy Anderson, like, well, who's this 44 kid down here? Who's this number two Mm -hmm. safety back here? Like, (laughs) and then so many scouts at the pro day,
0: like that only helps guys like Trey Webb and Daniel Hardy. Yeah. Good point, man. Really good point. So he'll be going down to Atlanta with Troy, Lance, and Daniel. Are headed to the West Coast. Louis Kid, the hair. With the Saints, the man, the myth, the hair. So he's going down to New Orleans, undrafted free agent. I caught his uh, interview with Alex Eshelman. He's just so happy. You no, know, I'm I'm so stoked for Louis Kid. He deserves it. He is a beast of a man. Great left tackle. I wonder if they project him as a left tackle. I have no clue how the Saints are looking on their O line. Like that's not something I'm, you know, good on talking. But uh, just really happy for him as a person because you know I got to talk to him. He was just a, um, he he, he was he felt like a kind soul when you met him, mm-hmm. and I think that came across when you watched the video with him and Alex for sure.
1: Yeah, very happy for kid. I think he was a guy that, you know, sophomore and junior seasons watching him play you thought you know this guy's an NFL talent and he might be one of the few guys who did not benefit from Jeff Choate's departure I think he probably would have had a better senior season because that was it was rolling the offensive line was rolling and for whatever it was this year they just kind of struggled putting it together I don't know if they got moved around like we noted several times especially in the beginning of the season they just didn't look like the cohesive strong unit that they had been in the past so he may be one of the guys who didn't quite benefit from Chote leaving. In fact, he may have been uh, hurt by that a little bit.
0: Yeah, I hadn't thought about that.
1: But you know, he's still getting his chance, though. That's—I mean—that's all you can ask for if you're not going to get drafted. You know, sign that contract, get that invite to the the mini camp, and you know, I think all these guys—all these guys—want is a chance to prove themselves, and he's got that. And you know, he's got the body, he's got the size. I think he's got the footwork. I think he's got a lot of the intangibles that you'd want for uh, offensive lineman in the NFL. So let's, I mean, I'm hoping uh, he can stick at least around the practice squad and make the, make the team. Be awesome.
0: Interesting note, Rashid Shahid, Weaver State's jackknife of a player, speedster, wide receiver, punt returner. He signed an uh, undrafted free agent with the Saints as well. So him and Lewis Kid, both big sky guys, going down to New Orleans. That's really cool.
1: You know, if if Kid, Webb, and obviously Troy all make the rosters, active rosters, man, they're gonna play each other twice a year. That'd be some good photo ops there. Some good uh, Lewis Kid, <laughs> Trey Webb, and Troy Anderson all <laughs> yeah. hanging out after game. That'd be pretty awesome. I don't know if that's ever gonna happen, I but kid,
0: that would be really cool. The kid said that would be a dream. Well, that would really be cool. I mean, so the, I think that kind of brings us to kind of the end of this talk what does this mean for Montana State right now, Ryan?
1: I've thought a lot of the, about this. I feel like the the easy answer is like it's obviously huge that the national media people that don't pay attention to Montana state are watching film on montana state people are paying attention to it, but at the end of the day, we're still an f c s program you think that's gonna sway some kid in Texas to come play here because we got a guy drafted in the second round. I mean, maybe, maybe not. I think it will be only a positive. I just don't know if it's going to be some sort of monumental shift in recruiting or anything like that. But yeah. it's still an overall awesome look for university and people who never heard of Montana State, like it put the name more on the map than it has been possibly ever. So pretty pretty awesome, no matter how you slice it.
0: Do we have any other? Uh, uh, we have Alex Singleton in the in the NFL right now. Yeah, he else? traded to the the Broncos.
1: Mm-hmm. And no, that's I think that's it from the previous class because Mike Person was the other one who you know retired. So I think that's just Alex right, that's Singleton
0: right. left. All right, okay, right on. Well, you know, populating the NFL with some bobcats. It'd be cool to see more Legion of Bobcats going to the NFL. I say legions, like they're all going that But that would be <laughs> awesome. But uh hey, sending right, send five right. guys
1: is it's borderline legion. Was the Legion a boom mm. for the, the Seahawks? was four guys.
0: Yeah. So <laughs> I, I don't think you're gonna see a uh a class like this. Um no. Maybe, maybe anytime soon. I'm not, I'm not, I don't know. You know, you, I think we'll have years where we'll have maybe one guy, two guys, but to have five guys with, with this kind of quality, um, I don't know. I think this was a special class. I think you're right.
1: I mean, if you have two guys get undrafted free agent deals every year, you're, you're doing really well at the FCS level.
0: Mm, yeah. <laughs> if you get
1: one guy drafted, you're doing fantastic. Two, right. but I, you know, I just don't know. It's gonna be hard I'm looking at uh, looking at it, looking at the roster, I'm like you know is how is this ever gonna
0: happen again? It's crazy, <laughs> well, vegans gonna have to recruit man
1: <laughs> and develop, but that's what it is development
0: yeah that's a that's another conversation for another day because I do have thoughts on that and um kind of juxtaposing vegans culture versus child's culture, but uh. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll talk about that later on in the summer. Sounds good. All right, man. Hey, uh, you want to hit a couple of golden Cooley questions yeah, real quick? Yeah, why not? I we, think we, we, can get... we got through that relatively quick there once we got done with the Troy talk, basically. So we got a few minutes here. All right. Rich K says, who's your favorite Bobcat to follow on social media? I thought a lot about this today. I, I read this earlier. It's Willie Anderson or Willie Anderson. Holy cow. Willie Patterson is his name. I like watching Willie Patterson. and The reason why I think he's the best guy on social media, the best Bobcat to follow on social media is because he's really Bobcat forward. It's not just like snapshot of his personal life and hanging out with friends, like everything he's posting, at least on the Instagram. That's what I follow him it is like teammate stuff and Bobcat stuff. And I just appreciate that. He just seems like a, he seems like a solid guy. Like he's like bought you know, like, he is like the face, He's one of the main faces of the Bobcats For this sure. year and I think he does a good job of um you know shouldering that responsibility.
1: I think we talked about this the last episode. I don't follow any players on social mm-hmm. media so not applicable is my answer. <laughs> I try not to follow any players. I just I don't know.
0: It's not my cup of tea. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I get it, but you know, I think with Instagram, you kind of have to, because they are the content. So fair enough. Um, fair enough. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, let's see. Helena Bobcat says, did Houston Texans show any interest in Troy Anderson? I wonder if Daenerys McGee tried to put in a good word for him to the defensive coaches. I don't know. Helena Bobcat, do you make a good point? I imagine Daenerys McGee did have something to say about Troy Anderson, uh, I, I couldn't tell you unless I was connected to the program. I, I'm not sure.
1: When did Gerald Alexander coach
0: at MSU? Coached uh, first year, so that would have been 2016. And that Troy was that 2017, right, seventeen, right? Yeah, seventeen, seventeen. Yeah, 17.
1: I started to think if there's any other coaches running around the NFL who actually coached because McGee. I guess McGee would have would have been there right for a couple of years. Coaching. Yeah, well, I don't remember. Petrie, well, yeah, I'm saying besides Petrie, Um, you know, I mean, I imagine McGee had to have put in some words for sure. Had to put in a good word. I don't know what the needs are. I mean, it's all based on needs and fit and all that stuff. But I guarantee McGee was talking, talking to his coach, talking to his GM, like, "Hey, man, this kid up at Montana State it's a real deal. Seen up close and personal."
0: Yeah, I miss. I miss listening to Daenerys McGee. Is uh. Just the way he talks, I love it. Yeah, so fun. He's gonna be a good coach. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's see. Let's we'll scroll down. Indy four seven nine. I thought we'd see more. No, he's answering someone's question. Yeah, yeah. The only other so real I question we electrical.
1: have is, uh, and this is a, well, I'll just read it. Cat attack says, "Are we going to actively search out transfers for the offensive line and wide receiver?" And are, they, are there any other position groups where we need transfer help? Yes, and we are actually going to record a separate episode on this question, so we're not going to answer it here. It's a great question. Uh, we already p- kind of planned earlier today, yesterday, to like let's, let's do a couple episodes, maybe one for offense, one for defense. Maybe we'll just smash into one episode to de- to be determined. But point is, we'll be recording an episode about this. So great question, and we'll get around to answering that at a later date.
0: All right. Given the fact that we only have two legit questions in from Helena Bobcat and Rich K, I'm going to send you both a golden coolie oh, and a RNR sticker. Two winners. Yeah. We're going to Tuzi tonight. Woo, toozy, koozie. We can't say koozie. It's kind of funny because I've been sending those little stickers inside the coolies, mm-hmm. and then I kind of thought to myself, it "Was like, you know, if they get like jostled around." Our listeners might not actually know that I'm sending them a sticker as well. So if you get a golden coolie from me in a envelope, make sure that you're looking inside for the sticker as well.
1: Oh no. Oh no. Someone recycled the sticker threw it out? That'd be tragic.
0: <laughs> Possible. They're <laughs> kind of little. So they're good for like your water bottle or your like a car top, your like tuli Tulli rack or whatever you have. So anyways. Right. The, but the golden coolies, man, they are so nice. Like this is like, I, I Thorny, you just got to send me your, your address. I'll send you one or two, but uh, I've been rocking this for like the last two weeks. I've been, it's just getting better. It's like getting <laughs> broken in like a good baseball glove. There we man. go. It's awesome. So <laughs> there we go.
1: Getting softer and now it's permanently molded like your, uh, your seat cushion that's molded to your butt. It's getting molded to, mm. to the, the beer cans.
0: <laughs> not quite but yeah alright <laughs> right, let's get out of here
1: alright well thanks everyone for listening to kind of our rambling episode about the players being drafted I'm no idea this, if this is a good episode or not but one that we wanted to put out one we needed to put out so there it is uh, follow us on twitter Catcast. you can always reach us on the web com. shoot us an email rrcatcast at com. and fully let's just get out of here man go cats Go cats. Go cats.